This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice is brought to you by our unbelievable patrons. Patrons like Letty and Chelsea. If you want to help us keep making this show like they do, you can visit pitchdrop.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a JRPG Games Club podcast that will stab you in the throat for personal gain. True. This is episode two of our Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter season. This episode, we are going through Ryu's first dragon transformation. My name is Ryan Beatty. My pronouns are they, them. With me is... Matt Marcus. My pronouns are he, him. Chris Taylor. My pronouns are he, him. Last episode, we just covered the generalities, the overall gist, the vibes. Uh, Today, we're going to be going into the game proper. And we start with the introductory cinematic, which is just a sizzle reel, essentially. It's a montage of images that will be relevant for the rest of the game. We see Nina falling down a long chasm, surrounded by an angelic glow. We see Lynn brandishing her pistol and scowling with her weird hood that, like, covers her two weird little bun pigtails, uh, makes her look like she's got a triangle head. We see Ryu dragging his sword along the ground dejectedly in human form and then hulking out in dragon form. Also, interspersed through all of it, all of this, there are like sliders-like shots of uh, speeding through train tunnels, a percentage meter speeding towards 100, flashes of a dragon's face, and then the title screen. Uh, our name registration scene for Ryu takes the form of a government ID card. The, the card's text says, Warning, the requests of the government if your estimation of D ratio is not enough. The card is valid for use only by the member whose name appears on the front of the card is not transferable. A voice narrates, This is a tiny tale of time, which is a very funny phrase to me. A locker opens and a shirtless young man asks, what today? Gina hunting again? His partner, with only his feet pictured at first, tells him, nah, we're on lift guard duty. And then the title text uh, narrates concerning war between friends. The boy's blonde partner smiles, approaches him, and tells him, it's work even a low D can do. Right, Ryu? We now see Ryu from the back and notice a huge glowing barcode on the back of his neck and another on his shoulder. The narration continues. Destiny decided to challenge us. The partner tells the boy to meet him there. And then finally, it's uh, the narration says, and so we chose to end the world in order to meet our mortality. There was nothing to regret. Nothing. I love that he has multiple barcodes so that you can like scan him at like a couple different angles and you don't have to like, you know, try <laughs> to find the right part in order to put a yeah. open scanner. Super, super useful. Not gonna really, lie. he should have like a barcode on his neck and then a QR code on his shoulder and, uh, you know, mm. for the different point of sale mm. systems. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. By the way, what did y'all name your characters? Just Ryu. Okay. <laughs> I also I also just pressed start and my character is named Ryu because I could do that in the fewest number of inputs. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't. Okay, I didn't realize this was going to be the character's name for whatever reason. I'm like, I'll just throw something silly in there. So I, I made his name D's Nuts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's D3, <laughs> D3Z, N-U-T-Z, which is 
the most I could fit in there. So, so now every time like Bosch is just like, "Hey, D's nuts, <laughs> even you have a, can do this with your low D ratio." The D's nuts ratio. He's talking about uh-huh. the D's nuts ratio. No, he's talking about both of these nuts. We got it. That's the name of the game. Uh-huh. 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 A quarter of, oh, a quarter of both of these nuts. Fuck. Fuck. Bofa. Fuck. Ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, is, it is Bofa. <laughs> we see Bofa Ryu squinting. <laughs> we see Ryu squinting at an overhead light and then closes locker. When we're given uh, character control, we're in a cramped and dingy locker room. Uh, be prepared for the words cramped and dingy to pop up throughout this season a bunch. Uh, the locker room has an overhead fan slowly churning away. We leave the room and venture out into the ranger headquarters, and the music starts. The other rangers in the headquarters all give hints at the state of the world and Ryu's place in it. He has a low D ratio, which causes other rangers to look down on him and severely limits his opportunities for advancement. Genix are man-made creatures created for help in daily life underground, but some go feral. Ranger's job is to protect the citizens from these rogue Genix. Some low Ds fed up with their constrained existence, attack their fellow survivors, which lends credence to the high D's opinion that they are, quote, nuts. Even low Ds get preferential treatment, though, within the Rangers, since Rangers get additional rations from the government at a time of severe austerity. Um, the few high Ds stationed down in this particular Rangers headquarters hate being stationed in low sector, which is full of what they call bad air and rogue genix. Yeah, I think there's mention that like the right the the air purifiers are like breaking down slowly over time, so like the air is, has been getting worse mm-hmm. as time has gone on. Yeah, yeah. So in between resting up from Genic hunts and putting Ryu down, they give us tips and tricks for the dungeons. Uh, the dots of the minimap are enemies. Even weak Genix can be a threat if they attack in groups. A lot of the stuff we talked about with the pet system uh, last episode. Initiative is important because that gives you an extra turn and at the very least saves you an extra turn of damage. Mm-hmm. The uh, the barracks window looks out onto an uncomfortably close cave wall. Uh, there yeah. definitely is a really big sense of claustrophobia here. Like, why are you even have windows at that point? If the window is just going to be like, oh, shit, there's a wall there. You know, it would have been really like sick if they were like projecting uh, an image of an outdoor scene as if it was on the surface, like they're doing with the sky. Cause it's been yeah. like, Oh, here's just the sun. <laughs> here's just a nice little lake out there. And it's just like a wall that they're like projecting onto. This uh, is a recommendation to, to watch silo on Apple TV, by the way, Silo is so speaking fucking of good projections of okay. the outside. Okay. At some point I got to get back on Apple TV just to, watch severance and i will throw silo onto that list yeah and the godzilla tv show oh yeah that also looks super good and then maybe catch up on foundation if i feel like it i don't know season two was kind of bad so we head into captain zeno's office on the way inside several other rangers in the believably cluttered break room tell you that being partnered with bosch will be tough but that we should suck it up because he's on a really good career track and it'll be it'll pay in the future to be on his good side uh bosh is waiting for us outside the office and uh tells ryu that a waiting makes the captain grumpy and we go and head inside we address the captain by our d ratios bosh who has a ratio of 164th and ryu who is uh one 
out of one eighty one hundred and ninety two. Yeah, uh, Zeno has girl boss energy and girl boss glasses. Uh, so just put that image in your mind. Yeah, she definitely asks her rangers to lean in. I'm just saying. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, man, uh, big liberal en- energy on her when she tells you what uh, Bosch what to do about Nina. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, she reviews our mission. We are tasked with guarding the BioCorp Labs freight lift on level E, which should be a pretty easy job. Spoiler: It is not. <laughs> it doesn't become one. Nope. It was pretty easy. It took like a- ten seconds, man. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. Uh, when we ask what cargo we're protecting, Zeno cagely responds that Biocorp handles top secret materials that we don't need to know. You know, you, you are not on a need to know level to, you know, about what you're protecting here. So just shut up and do the job. Uh, complain about this. This is the fucking the meme about did you get all that? But for every single one of these. Mm-hmm. because it's reading your confirm press before the dialogue bubble is fully spilled out. So if you're just buttoning through, you read the same thing like four times on accident. That's rough. Well, uh, well, when we ask what we're likely to encounter, she informs us that the terrorist group Trinity has been escalating their attacks and that they may target cargo from Biocorp. Bosch asks Zeno if he can speak with her privately before the mission. Zeno agrees and reawaits for him outside. A few moments later, Bosch apologizes for the wait and uses the word partner very pointedly again. Now, you do get to see what this scene, what this conversation is if you restart. Mm. Uh, Because I definitely died in this first segment and restarted. Mm -hmm. And you get to hear the conversation. And basically the conversation is um, Bosch is like, Hey, you know, I'm looking to move up fast. Uh, would you be able to give me like a promotion for this? And Zeno's just like, yeah, like, you know, no, <laughs> kind of like saying, know your place. You'll get there eventually. Just, you know, keep your head down and keep doing your job. So not super illuminating, but it, it was kind of neat to be like second time through. Okay. Now, you know what happened in that room. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And basically how much Bosch, it, it kind of like builds out the how Bosch is like trying to use you and this mission to enrich himself. Ryu needs, Ryu needs some self-esteem and not like consider Uh Bosch a friend because Bosch just sucks so bad for him. I didn't get the sense that they were friends. I got the sense that they were acquaintances. So like the manual says that they're friends. Uh, That's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like half my coworkers that I talk to once a week. Yeah, sure. They're my friends. (laughs) Thankfully, nobody I work with listens to this. Uh, (laughs) You know who you are. Um, A fellow ranger just back from a hunt laments how much worse the air quality has gotten recently. And we step out into Low Sector Junction, a dungy industrial area littered with floodlights, girded scaffolding, and air vents. Uh, We see a row of telecorders along the back wall where we can save our progress with a save token. And we learn that Ryu recently saved the town of Low Sector from a genic attack. A young boy whose D-ratio is literally twice as good at reuse asks him if he can become a ranger too, and you go, yeah, yep, uh-huh, sure, kid. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, is you're it, already a better one. Even with my low D-ratio, can I be a ranger? And Ryu's like, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, so, like, I guess you're assigned a D-ratio at birth? Like, how does that work? You haven't done anything yet. You're a child. A- Adrab. 
Um, <laughs> assigned dragon at birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's an old assigned, assigned a low D ratio instantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, yes, you are assigned your D ratio at birth. We head through the east doorway and are treated to much jauntier town music than the foreboding synth stabs of the HU. It's really funny. Yeah. Now for something completely different. Oboes. <laughs> Barrels of oil and waste are still everywhere, but an artificially illuminated blue sky, which the citizens have never seen, creates a weak sense of livability. Uh, the low sector living quarters took decades to build, but the derelict shack strung with Christmas lights and the looming biocore tower doesn't feel particularly inviting. The government has been telling the residents that the air quality is fine through broadcasts on the town square television, but the children and the elderly are coughing more and more every day. Unrelatable. Everything <laughs> keeps breaking. The air scrubbers, the transport lifts, and the other machinery that is vital to live underground. And the maintenance crews are getting overwhelmed. We introduce ourselves to the strangest part of Dragon Quarter's world. Little cherubic girls dressed in crop tops. What is this? Shortalls? Like, is this a over, real thing? It, it, overalls that are shorts are called shortalls. Well, then they should just be called overs because they're not overall. <laughs> Assorted Dumb. jaunty That's hats. technically correct. Assorted <laughs> jaunty hats and knee-high knee high striped socks. It's that real <laughs> the Pharisees hated him because he told the truth. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I mean, this is just like, I mean, I would just call it a mistake, but, you know, go off. Uh-huh. <laughs> These people act as the game's shopkeepers, storage lockers, item identifiers, and general advice givers. Uh, I would say advice give is the wrong verb for after you get fucking owned for 30 minutes hey did you figure out this thing we could have told you earlier (laughs) very good (laughs) fuck you (laughs) (laughs) the game that's what we say the game wants you to die (laughs) expects you to make a lot of big mistakes in the beginning that's right it is a very liberal game The game never really comments on these people, and they only directly factor into the plot when we accidentally blow up their place of business. They have names in the manual, but they aren't referenced by those names in-game. They're just weird item girls. Okay, go off, Ryan. (laughs) We have 300 zeti to stock up on provisions for our mission. This isn't enough to get any stronger weapons or armor, and we have a few heal kits and one reviving tonic already. So you could either save your money, buy a few pounds of meat as a bait and a couple of sticks of dynamite, or you could buy five heel kits, or you could buy literally nothing and then come back in Mm -hmm. 10 minutes to identify some gear and then just cruise through the early game. Yeah, that's what you really should do. (laughs) One resident is frustrated that supplies are so limited that the item vendor is already out of uh, high cheese, which are edible genics used as medicine. Uh, we head back out into the junction. We can use our one precious save token before we head out or hope there's another telecoder on the way or not, because you've only gone through 10 minutes of cutscenes. You can skip again later. Yep. We make our way onto the lift platform and find a very frustrated Bosch. It turns out that the train to Sector E is down. We'll have to make it all the way down there on foot. Bosch is indignant. They expect him, a 164th D ratio, to walk the lift tracks all the way to the lab. He grumbles as we get going, and Bosch joins our party. And then it turns out that Bosch is right, because three screens later, you see the train running again, and it makes you very <laughs> Just not on this track. 
Yeah, on so, the other track. The one that's not moving that we were supposed to get on is now running on the other track, which is very funny because if you follow that track along, it leads into a giant fucking pit. Yep. <laughs> uh-huh. So our first dungeon area, which is called Lift to Biocorp, is a uh, very dark, dingy, empty stretch of train tracks and maintenance Sorry, platforms. I think it's very cool when we transition that A, there is that vertical box map and B, it tells you your death. Very cool stuff. Well, yeah, I do. I, every time. I, uh-huh. I think that the I think that the depth meter uh, on on the transition screens is so good. It's so yeah. good. So in the lift of Biocorp, enemies hide in complete shadow and what light there is is harsh and fluorescent. Uh, the music has a very sick harp arpeggio at the beginning and some good synth pads that give some better flavor to the like kind of familiar dystopian soft industrial vibes that we heard in HQ. We head into the cramped train track corridor and kick or slash open some boxes to get some fresh meat and a little more spending money. A set of doors opens and we hit our first tutorial because there are enemies waiting for us around the corner. We can set bait for them, using the square button and then attack them on the field uh, using the X button in order for our lead party member to get an extra turn. In this early going, Bosch is much stronger than Ryu and also much tankier. And so having him as a lead character is very advantageous uh, so that we get the extra turn. And he has the best skill in the game so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our first enemy uh, that we see is a little pig man with glowing eyes called a duke. And he spots us and gets a red exclamation mark popping up over his head that that signals like, oh, he's spotted you. Uh, Bosch kicks him as he runs toward us and we are transported into a battle screen. We talked about kind of the basic mechanics uh, in the generalities episode. And so, you know, just as a brief recap, uh, we've got ability points. We can move or use attack skills with those ability points. Those ability points are separated into three levels, each costing 10 more AP. AP that we don't use is uh, carried over into the next turn. We can chain combos of different skills together. Y'all know the drill. Interestingly, the camp step down is that slice would be insanely good with like a 30%. Oh my god. Yes, it would be Mm, unreal. mm, mm, mm. Interestingly, when an attack has an additional effect, like a debuff or a movement ability, the uh to hit dice roll on the attack and the effect are treated separately. So you can poison an enemy without doing damage, or you can do damage and have the poison miss. It's not a complete miss unless it says miss twice. Extremely based, actually. So it's so valuable, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the stat debuffs stack. And so while a 5% defense down uh, upon hit might be very small, uh, if you hit w- uh, them with enough consecutive debuff attacks, uh, you can hit what it says is defense minimum, which is like, I think, uh, a debuff of 25%, which is significant when you're chaining attacks together. And, and those persist through the end of the battle right like they don't win. yes yeah. yes yeah that's huge that's huge yeah it's so good that's why you want bosh to go first every time just do that mm-hmm. and then just start just slice 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 slice, slice 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 yeah yeah so yeah in this in this first stretch of the game bosh is going to do most of the heavy lifting because he has that defense down attack and also like triple the health of ryu yeah, you don't have to fucking heal him. It is more money efficient to use your free tonic on him and just let him die. Yeah. 
So Bosch's kick is uh, harder to line up with the enemies than reuse sword slashes. And so uh, this first Duke actually did hit Bosch for some decent damage, but uh, he still went down real easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the Duke leader. He's just like me for real. <laughs> when he's all alone, he just he's, gets he's sad and runs scared. away. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we make our way across a set of elevated tracks and come to our first multi-enemy encounter against a bunch of bugs. A tutorial tells us that the white dots on our minimap represent the enemies that we would fight if we get into an encounter. And if we see an enemy, but they're not in our pets range, they won't be a part of the battle. So we can, you know, as we mentioned last time, strategically draw in some of those. So you end up getting smaller encounters that are more manageable than uh, bigger encounters where you're going to take a lot more damage. Uh, But the bugs here provide no threat at all. One of them drops a treasure key. Many dungeon floors here in the game contain a single treasure chest that contains a powerful item that can only be unlocked by that floor's treasure key. And that's usually dropped by a specific enemy. So this one contains the vital shield skill steal, which allows us to steal items and skills from enemies when they hit us. So it doesn't, it's not something you have to trigger. It happens automatically. And most of the time it fails. (laughs) Um, It might fail because you didn't have five AP left over. um, Or an item slot. Or an item slot, yeah. So there, yeah, there is too. a you know there is a dice roll luck mechanic there, but I think that if the steel mechanic does take five AP to activate, that also might be a failure condition. I didn't think of that, but that yeah. makes sense, uh, especially because I tend to, to I, I tend to empty my AP completely, which is probably something I should stop doing so much. No, that little extra mm. wiggle at the end when you got like nine left over, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Yep. 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 Yeah, so skill items are consumable. They teach characters new battle skills. Uh, Most of them are character specific. Some of them are broader. This um, one for steel, you can get multiple of and you can give to Bosch and uh, Ryu if you want. Well, so actually it um, or it's a whole party. It gives it to the whole party. So the rest of the rest of the steel skills are either junk or you can sell them for a tiny bit of Zenny. Okay, because usually it's. I guess it's because most of the skills are one character specific. So it is technically yeah. for the whole party, but it only affects one character. Right. Yeah. So you probably don't want to be running around with a bunch of these by the end of. You'll probably want to drop it at some point to pick up something else, like yeah. another healing thing or something. A group of small dukes and one big duke leader waits for us on a raised platform, but we can sprint past them or bait them away. So we can go pick up a, another save token on the other side of a crashed minecart. And then, of course, we could uh, use some bait to make sure that we're not fighting all of them at once. That's generally advised. Those big guys are pretty tanky at this point. And, mm-hmm. you know, it'll kind take of. a few turns. You'll take a... You, they, Did you know they I take found it to be facing damage? Yeah. Oh, they take interesting. Like two and a half damage from the back because they're holding a shield. Ah, oh. yeah. So that was something I wasn't a hundred percent sure on. If and like there you want to split up anyway, because well, yeah. for enemies with shields, they take less reduced damage from the front. Not that they take bonus damage from the back. Uh, I found this out because you naturally want to split up anyway because they have uh, an AOE ability they do if you're clustered up. So uh, okay, enemies with shields take extra damage from the back. 
That's that's good to know. I was wondering about that, but also the the movement cost in AP is so high and means that like you are eating probably an attack or two's worth of AP to circle around back one of those mm-hmm. guys. So, so hearing this, really worth it. If you do nothing when we get to Bosch on your first turn, on the second turn, you can get behind both of the guys with shields, kill them each in one shot, then kill Bosch on the same turn and get like 400 party XP. Beautiful. <laughs> kill Bosch? You mean the leader? What? No, I'm talking about in the Bosch boss fight because you have oh, to do oh, so right, much right, damage right. and those guys yes. have shields. If you skip a turn, yes. you can kill all three of them in one turn and get a bajillion party XP from that boss fight. Got it, got it, got it. Wait, do, okay. do you get, uh, you, I take it you get bonus um, party XP because there you do get, um, I think there's a tactics bonus and then there's like another bonus. Like a performance bonus, basically. Performance bonus. But I guess how many guys you kill in a turn. Backstep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't so realize that. That's why like side slash is so good and why it's so good to actually like the best thing to do with the bats is to bait group them up and then kill them with a bomb in combat in like one turn and kill them all and you get a bajillion mm-hmm. XP for that. I am like level 13 at this point already because of party XP. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, that I didn't I'm not. I am like eight <laughs> at the end of this. Um Oh, but I'm also not spending the party XP on my characters. Uh, I, I've been making it. Mm-hmm. So the Duke leader has a skill called Wild Swing that we can learn now uh, that we have the steel skill equipped, if you did that. And once he is alone, he also introduces us to how uh, the retreat mechanic works. So just super briefly, Wild Swing is... Uh, very swingy uh, and wild. Mm-hmm, it is appropriately mm-hmm. named. It is an attack that uh, will almost always hit, but will do randomized between half damage and two and a half of your like attack power. And so it can be extremely powerful, or it can be very dinky. Uh, way, yeah. and it, it's a sick- way better than Deathbringer if you're using the combos, though, because you get mm-hmm. because it combos out of slice. Right. Yeah, I. That's the thing that I didn't quite get in this first section is how the combos work. Uh, so I definitely weird. left a lot of damage on the on the table. Good news. Two hours from now, they'll say, have you figured out how combos work? Here's how it <laughs> yeah. works. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like what basically the only thing I found, like, in, especially in this early section, Ryu is so weak that the only mm-hmm. attack that did more than single digit damage, which is literally nothing, like you you will not finish a battle doing single dig- digit damage on anything, was Deathbringer, which is 30. And, and if you're lucky, if you're standing right in front of a guy, maybe you have enough AP to do that twice. And I noticed well, that like if you're if you're doing the same attack over and over again, the combo thing comes up and it looks like it's doing something. But if also if you wait a second to make a decision, the combo ends. Well, yeah, you could just be holding R2 the whole time, and it's fine. You have infinite time that way. Well, oh, I didn't it, realize that that was a thing. But then if you hold R2, then you can't repeat the same tack again. Right. And that's the one part that I don't love is that you have to, like, be conscious of the fact where it's like, okay, I want to do two slices, and then I want to do a vert slash or whatever. It's like, all right, so it's X, and then X, and then R2 circle. Yeah, uh, it's fucking Z- so they R2, R2. to you. Mm-hmm. So, so the the R two allows you to go up a level. Is that the up a level yeah. or do the or other ten AP? But yeah, it R two okay. is how to get to the other available attacks, and then just hanging out, 
Yeah. Just imagine this entire time I am either picking one attack at a time and not comboing them, or I am using the same attack multiple times in a row if I have the AP. That's all or, I do. Again, just just for like tactical complexity's sake, like not to dunk on you, a thing you could have thought of is unequipping uh-huh. all of your other skills because skills cost you maximum AP. And then you would do always they? be able to double Beth Deathbringer. Yeah, you lose five AP when you slot like um steel on Ryu, right? You could just not do I that. Not and then that. it would be easier to move into range to do double Deathbringer all the time. Yeah. They they did not signal that that was also I mean in the menu, because I did go and you, right. you go and equip stuff, it doesn't really tell you that your AP to- uh, total is shrinking when you do that, when you're loading up. And like same thing with like bind gear, which lowers your movement. Yeah. Uh like which means that it costs more AP to move a shorter move. distance. Yeah. Like, yeah, not even like trying to say you're an idiot. We're just just pointing out like the levels of like tactical complexity yeah. that exist mm-hmm. and, and that they don't signal very well, at least not in the early stages. Yeah, yeah. I ended up with two bind gear, which was great because I got to sell one for like 800 something like 840 Zenny. Uh, and that was that carried me through <laughs> the early part of this game. Nice. I would uh, merely just put the other one in the item locker. That way you can sell it when you restart. That's a good point, too. Uh, I, I have it equipped, though, because like the spiders we fight later on will bind you. And that's yeah, they're, 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 they're called bind spiders. Uh, and <laughs> the game is very much like, hey, you've got gear for this. These, these guys are called yeah. bind spiders. The one thing I did get suckered into was selling the default ranger gear, which I think is a big mistake mm. because now I can't mm-hmm. plus one it repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely also sold that, I think. Because I think optimally you want the plasma gear, the bind gear, and the ranger shell because the ranger shell is the upgradable one. And then you can have the other one in the item locker to sell later, all the goods. And then you can swap around all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, in terms of upgrading, like I saw that there are Ranger plus one gear or like, you know, items that are plus one versions of what you have. But mm-hmm. is there a mechanic where you upgrade your gear that you have up a level that's cheaper than, say, just buying it outright? Well, I don't think so. Raids. The range ge- Ranger gear doesn't have doesn't like Ranger gear plus one is just as good as bind gear, but it doesn't lower your movement speed. But it also doesn't protect you from bind. Correct. Which is what bind gears right. for. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I, I like when thinking about like, okay, there's a limited amount of money in this game, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So there's a limited number of items. You can't do every, and you can't just grind to get every upgrade or most of the upgrades. You have to choose like one or two. Like right now at the end of the section, I'm trying to decide I have enough money. I have like a thousand zenny or something. Do I buy that really expensive rod for Nina? that like oh, looks like yeah it, oh because it's plus six to both stats like it's huge that's a huge leap it is very huge my my most basic take on this is that um you will almost always find gear that is equivalently powerful in like the next dungeon after you'd see these like nice things available there is there are some like super weapons that are very expensive that are shop only but like yeah if you if you see a good rod for nina chances are there will also be a good rod for nina in the next stretch of dungeon and so it you know it's up to you right the, the problem is that you have to find it and then go back and identify it and, and then the you can equip it right. the alternate take yeah. is 
why don't you just buy it and then restart the game? Because you're only going to lose two hours, but then you already fucking have it. And you get back mm. in a way better position because Nina just fucking dunks on everybody at that point. Yeah. Yeah, you can you 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 can feather in the the Saul restart and restore systems really well yeah. in this early going to get much better gear. I think basically the two correct paths are to use as few resources as possible and then right. dump them all when you're about to restart. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. At least until we have the bank. Yeah, yeah. I have to like think about like because part of me feels that if I get too deep into thinking about it on that level, I'm going to basically make the game too easy for myself, and it's going to take <laughs> away a lot of the fun. But you earned it, and, unlike in Final Fantasy VIII, where the yeah. game just does it for you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you still got to figure out how it works. Uh, but yeah, you it have does, to oh, you play don't. There's an auto button. You don't got to figure out how it works. You can just waste Oh, no, you have, you have to get the magic the first. Screen. You, have to know how to, you have to know how to get the good magic and... The the good magic is like buried in cards for a while in the early game. No, it's fine. You just draw ninety nine from a field or wherever, and then just hit auto, and then the <laughs> game is over. It's not that easy, but it's pretty close. I think both of you are correct. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Matt just doesn't want what I'm saying to be true, and I want it to be more true than it is, and that's it. <laughs> well, I just know that I played a lot of cards in order to get Quake and, and uh, Quake and Tornado, and then I'd rather be basically dead than playing Triple Triad. That game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why you weren't on that season. Anyway, um, I'm yeah, the retreat mechanic. Fourteen, actually. Hmm. So we get a message saying that Duke is all alone and feeling scared, and then he'll try to run away from the battle, and uh, he has to reach a door in the re in the arena before he can do so. So we give chase for a turn, run him down, and slaughter him before he can escape. But the inverse will also be true if we ever need to turn tail. But there are also, right, like a couple ways to escape battle that uh, we can get into besides just running away. Because mm -hmm. there's escape items. There's an item you can use. But also there's a, there's a penalty escape. I forget the exact name. It's like it's called it's penalty retreat. Something. Penalty retreat, right? Yeah. And uh, it costs you um, costs you money, right? If I understand correctly. Uh yes and then also uh it th and this is extremely like metagaming but um the main penalty is that it will net you fewer end game points and so your d ratio on uh, a next playthrough won't be as high like you can't get to the dragon quarter in a playthrough where you're re penalty retreating a bunch yeah that makes sense i mean basically you you want to try to avoid that like do that only if you absolutely must. Like if you're about to die and you yeah. don't want to reset at that point. Because, yeah, it can be costly. And yeah, and if you're throwing away money, you're throwing away, a, a you know, a, a bit of a, a total pool that's not getting any bigger. So it does cost you something. On the other side of the platform, we find the lift to the second basement. A tip girl is there to give us more tips and tricks a few rooms too late. Uh, the first thing we see upon descending is the corpse of two dukes with flies buzzing around them. Ryan Beatty, Dungeon Ecology voice. There's a level <laughs> 10 enemy guarding the treasure. I mean, it might, might be a mild ribbing, but also <laughs> I liked this and thought it was great. Yeah, yeah same, same. There's a level 10 enemy guarding the treasure key in the treasure box. If it's more trouble than it's worth, we can always return. 
But the side slash is uh, a decent early attack for real. Extremely good, especially with this upcoming bat encounter that's been mentioned a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to get a lot of XP early. And apparently it also unlocks a great combo later in the game. So yeah, this 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 combo, just real quick, is uh, side slash plus vert slash. What that does is it then automatically does a third attack that combines vert slash's attack power with side slash's range and oh, then yeah. puts an additional uh-huh. attack on top of that. And so uh, side slash plus vert slash will end the combo. And so, but it's like only 30 AP. So you can do that twice and just like mow groups of enemies down. It's just a. Just AOE Deathbringer sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to say, like, that was the thing I was missing in this early game was, like, AOE damage. Mm-hmm. Like, I ended up, like, spoiler, I skipped the bo- the bat fight because the first time I tried to do it, I was going to die. And so I penalty escaped and then ended up dying on the run back to town. <laughs> oh, and then, brutal. hey, check this out. 20 minutes later. Hey, have you been making good use of bombs outside of battle map? <laughs> well, I tried. The thing is, I, I threw a couple of dynamite and it's like it did like a quarter, maybe like did it didn't do enough of the bats damage for me to want to like it didn't swing the battle enough to me. Like I, if I had thrown all of my dynamite at it, maybe. But I thought I had to save some for a future encounter. So I didn't. That well, makes sense. That- the, the other thing. The other thing the game doesn't tell you is that using the trap items and activating them in battle does more damage than just yeah. throwing at them on the field, throwing them at them in the field. Yeah. And so, I, like, yeah. yeah, I hadn't figured that how to make that work either. Mm-hmm. I, I know it now, but like in that first hour or so, I'm like, all right, I, I, I threw a meat accidentally. <laughs> it's sitting in the field. What do I do about it? I guess pick I'll wait till after the battle. Just pick it back up. I, I like mm-hmm. that you can pick back up things that haven't like exploded yet that you threw. Yeah, that meat is no longer fresh, like reheated multiple times. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that that meat is tough no. as shit at this point. Well, so to Look, get you're a not eating it. More, it doesn't matter to get a little bit more into tactical stuff. To really maximize that, you would have to switch to Ryu as lead. That way Ryu gets the yep. free turn and you get two turns uh-huh. in a row of just side slashing all these guys who already took 25% damage. And then you yeah. would kill them all in a turn. Yeah, yeah. I haven't... If you baited them around a meat. Right, yeah. So, like, I I have to, like... The, the thing that's kind of a bummer about this is, like, so, so much of, especially this early game, is privation, right? Like, you have so few healing items you don't and you may have a decent amount of meat because meat's cheap to buy and you will pick up a bunch running around the dungeon but you don't have a ton of explosives and in some ways you just don't have a lot of opportunity to experiment without really high costs if you screw it up that that's kind that's, of a bummer for me i think the cost is low because it's the beginning of the game it's free the cost is 15 that's, that's, minutes, right it, it's not the yeah. impression that you get though Right. Yeah. That's the thing. That's that's I think you're both right in that like the the actual physical material cost here is minimal, but the psychological cost is very high. Right. Because you're not like going out and be like, I'm going to die in the first dungeon or I'm going to reset right. in the first dungeon. You're like, I want to at least get to the next town and then maybe we'll see it. You know, and we're I'm still feeling out how this battle system goes and, you know, gauging how much challenge am I actually going to get. And so thinking like, I'm going to just try throwing bombs until I'm out of bombs and then hope I don't need them later uh, mm-hmm. or something like that. Or like fumbling the bag with like 
trying to like set off a dynamite and you throw it in the wrong direction and it explodes and you didn't hit anything or you only hit like two out of the eight bats, right? Like there's, there are ways in which you can fail this and it's very costly, or at least it appears mm-hmm. very costly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think I'm probably yeah. just going to restart the game and it will be an hour and a half because uh, right. I have all the gear already. Sure, right. sure, sure. Uh, yeah, but like this is also very early. Like I haven't gotten any new gear at this point, uh, at mm-hmm. this point of the of the dungeon, right? I am... And when I reset, I don't have any new gear. <laughs> have you not? Do you not I just have, have slightly more. Um, at this point, I might have had the bind gear. No, no, I didn't because that wasn't. That's a little farther in. And and you would also at this point have the money to buy gear upgrades. So which you what ended up happening? Them. What happened to me is I I died. I reset. Mm-hmm. I used all of my party AP. Sorry, party XP to level up a couple of times. And then I went in, I picked up a couple of the items that you had to identify. I brought them back to town, mm-hmm. saved, identified them, sold one of the bind gear, saved the buster sword, saved the other bind gear, and then moved forward. And then I, I was fine. Mm. Yeah. So, but that was like, yeah, this early game is like, can be a bit intimidating, especially when you... you I just felt like I didn't have a lot of chances to sort of feel things out because then I take 200 damage and die. Yeah, and it's worth noting that a lot of the folks uh, in the Breath of Fire fan community who shit talk this game and hate it bounced yeah. off very hard in the first hour of the game, and they oh, will yeah. readily admit that. Like there, it's it. It's but a by very the time you, yeah. By the time you get Nina, though, you're cruising for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Absolutely. Like that, yeah, I like a game where I get bullied by math, basically. I do too. Uh, that's yeah. It it uh-huh. it's definitely a very it's a gamer psychographic thing for sure. Also, I am pointing out a lot of the the like weird locations of the tip girls and item girls in in this in this first episode. I'm not going to keep pointing them out every time through the rest of the game. It's just so funny how incongruous they are to like the yeah. oppressive tone to just like have these like cheerful weird cherub girls are out and about in these very dangerous places and and to tie it back into earlier podcast stuff a chocolina they're basically chocolina it. yeah absolutely yeah 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 yeah. forgot about chocolina until just now (laughs) i know everyone forgets about chocolina and how she's canonically that guy's mom what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) dodge dodge's mom uh, adopted mother Across another stretch of Ray's track, another tip girl who the game material calls ventriloquist is just dancing around like she's not in a monster infested tunnel. We head down another level and suddenly we're in a harshly lit white room swarming with bats. 
These bats can attack from a distance and stay out of our range and have magic that can create devastating cumulative damage if you fight a whole group of them at once. So this room is designed to teach us the value of damage traps. We could have picked up a few bombs and sticks of dynamite along the way down here, and you could either throw them directly into enemies in the field to soften them up, which is like the hardest way to do it, or we could mm -hmm. place them around the room and detonate them when we're in battle. At this point, this is a great point to uh, be like, wow, that's a lot of guys. Maybe I'll head upstairs and identify uh, some stuff, sell loot, and get more powerful gear and store items I don't, you don't think you'll need immediately. And the locker is also just a lady named Curio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this could also be a good time to make a hard save. I did not hard save until the very end of this episode. Word. <laughs> you know, I was afraid that I would die against the bats. Uh, and um, so that's why I made that save uh, so that I could have better equipped gear and shit and all the learned skills, but like wouldn't have to button through a bunch of cutscenes, but yeah you really you don't need to you you're still early enough that like a a, a sol restart is not going to be too damaging to your time so yeah this fear of bats turned out to not really be much of anything again yeah if you don't know the way this combat works yet it it, it can be uh overwhelming but um couple of sticks of dynamite and then just like focusing on the big lantern bat will cause any stragglers to scatter and so you can either bunch them up and do a bunch of area of effect or you can get the lantern bat get the couple of bats that are near it and then pick the rest off one by one moving around the room after that uh, the other thing you could do is some sick ai manipulation where if you are spread out and not close enough for them to melee they will all spend their turn charging AP, but will all move towards your closest character. You can just have them all bunch themselves up, pass your first turn while they do so, and then just side slash like 30 guys to death. Mm hmm. Amazing. And so also worth noting here, for the sake of just like limiting your own personal annoyance, try not to have an enemy that is down the ramp from you in the pet's range before attacking, or else you will have to waste a couple of turns running like around to the to where the uh, ramp starts and then down the platform in order to get to them, which is very annoying. Mm -hmm. Or it's mm -hmm. good if you back up past your turn and make them come to you and then you have a bajillion AP. Yeah, also true. So past the bat room, the next floor is about the same as the last three in terms of geometry and vibe, but uh, a massive uh, little like coal lump colored and shaped bug with antenna called a mama nugget. And three of her baby nuggets are lurking around a corner guarding a pile of zenny. Uh, also, a group of pill shaped and pill colored slugs called haichis, which are what the uh, guy in the burrow was upset they were sold out of, drop from the ceiling and start writhing around on the floor. Uh, but these smaller ones, when we kick or slash them, we don't even have to fight them. They just disappear and leave behind heal kits and a little bit of party XP. Did yeah. you, you, should <laughs> I love it. you should get into a fight with them, though, just so you can get additional party XP because they will all die in the same side slash sicko sicko stuff that's great uh, sorry uh -huh. <laughs> no it's good, good no it's good also, I, I think it's very funny that they drop off the ceiling like that fucking like that the god awful section of that poison swamp and demon souls yes yes oh god there are so many ceiling drop ambushes in this game but the fact that they're these like weird little pill-shaped slugs is very funny here 
yeah. And like, also, this is you know the these rogue genics were bred to be pain meds, but they're just like in the hallways and shit. So we will need those heal kits soon. We run through near complete darkness, through tunnels, and across broken bridges until we enter a danger room and the door locks behind us. Once we are inside a danger room with the locked doors, we cannot leave until we either die or clear out all of the enemies from the room. This first danger room contains two groups of dukes of various sizes. Uh, the smaller dukes will kick us backwards, forcing us to use our precious AP to return to the battle. Luckily, we can also bunch them up, and this is where I started utilizing uh, Ryu's cross-slash combo, which is uh, side-slash plus vert-slash, and it adds an extra hit to anyone in range and combines the power of vert-slash with the range of side-slash. It rules. But, no, I gotta give up kick. I know. It's tough. Yeah. So this uh, danger room also also contains this floor's key and treasure box. Uh, Do not get used to the keys and treasure boxes being so close to one another or always being on the main path like this. Uh, This is just like Mm -hmm. tutorial treasure boxes. Mm -hmm. And this treasure box contains kick, which is moderately useful for thinning out swarms of enemies, but also extremely useful for tactical positioning, especially once you get Nina. We then run through a long hallway of a dozen automatic doors that, like, open up as we approach them, but there is an angry mama nugget that's just, like, in between two of those doors and will just yep. <laughs> bust towards you once the door slides open. The mama nuggets do have uh, the jolt spell, which can hurt uh, Ryu from range if it wants, but otherwise, it's okay. And then we get to the train train line's last lift platform and finally find ourselves going up instead of down. I, I don't know what it is, but the, the, the name Mama Nugget is uh-huh. very good to me. I, it just, it, it's aesthetically pleasing for some reason, and I don't know why. Is, can the jolt hit more than one yes. person? Because I swear I got hit by yeah. both characters. Okay, because I have jolt now, but I haven't been able to target more than one. It's the area is pretty small. Yeah, it's a very small area of effect. It's circle, very small. But okay. yes, if if you're bunched up, okay. you will everybody will get hit by Jolt. Here's the thing about Jolt in terms of how small it is. It's small enough that if one guy is just outside of range of it on one side of the circle and you kick him, he will be just outside of range of it on the other side of the circle. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> so but also that is why you gotta start hitting people in the walls because they also take bonus damage from that. Mm-hmm. Oh, they yeah. So, damage. like, the best thing you could do is set up a fire halfway into a wall and then kick a guy into the fire into the wall. And they take like 120 damage. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Those fire things take up so much. Like, they're so powerful in this early bit. Uh, so, the music gets more militaristic and we enter the south approach of the Biocorp Labs. The walls are stark white, the floors are tiled green, and the doors are a heavy metallic orange. Uh, just hideous all around. As soon as we enter the genic labs, the screen goes dark. Text flashes across the screen uh, with each line that appears. The controller rumbles, and if you are me and still play with an old Nyko Airflow, it rumbles mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> the rumble is pretty powerful. Uh, to the sound. They use the rumble in more than yeah. just it's on. There's like a lot of like patterns in it sometimes, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like this heartbeat yeah, is yeah. very Metal yeah, Gear yeah. Solid 2 heartbeat, but like a lot stronger because, you know, it's a dragon heart that's beating. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, diegetic. 
Uh, so yeah, there's a massive heartbeat uh, that your controller is vibrating to. And a voice says, uh, the log wait is over at last. You have awakened my dying dream. And we see a the massive wounded body of a dragon dripping in blood over what looks like bubbling lava, which is actually just a lake of blood. It has been crucified and run through the wall with several huge metal rods. And uh, it has no bottom half and its spine hangs down from a torn chest. This is Lilith in <laughs> in Central yeah. Dogma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is around. yeah, exactly. This is very uh-huh. uh-huh. This big giant crucified thing is is uh, is is being yeah with the dripping mm-hmm. with the dripping goo coming down. Have I told you that my child has done multiple drawings of crucified Lilith, and they're on my fridge, and my wife hates them. <laughs> none, none of that is surprising to me, <laughs> but also hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I would I would love it if she drew that in school and tried to teach her and been like, she really doesn't have a good idea what Christ looks like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the voice continues. Let's go, little friend, once again to the sky. It's so fun. Like, little friend here little friend. Is, is so just like tonally incongruous. I love it. Look, look, Ryu is just a little guy. He's just it a could little be buddy. Little that would guy. be pretty good. Let's uh-huh. go, little buddy. It would be funny if it goes, let's go, little D's nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, if only you had enough characters, because you literally only have like six characters or something to use. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's very, very tiny. The camera flashes again to Ryu's huge forehead, and uh, he's staring up at the at the dragon eraptured, and everything goes dark. And Boss wakes Ryu up, who has seemingly collapsed before even the opening of the Genic Lab's door. Uh, I think he's dazed and confused. Um, no, no, I don't think so. I'm not sure. But it seems like what happens is that he gets like a weird little flash forward because uh, then because we're outside of it or whatever. But yeah, it's unclear. Yeah, I thought he woke up in the room, but. Hard to tell because of the framing of both of these cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so Ryu's dazed and confused at first, but Bosch shakes him and tells them, hey, uh, we got a job to do. We enter the genetic processor for real this time and stumble into a nightmare. A walkway is perched over a lake of blood surrounded by mounds of slag and girders that have skeletons chained to them, which mm-hmm. is like, it's like you were doing human sacrifice or like people were getting like transformed into like dragon beings and they were just like, chained up down there uh you can't yeah. run down here by the way this is what the binding coils are like matt <laughs> uh-huh 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 you you can go down and run around in this area there's nothing to pick up but you can do it if you want mm-hmm. which is well, you get to look at skeletons because you get new camera angles on skeletons yeah you, yeah you, you do get to look at the skeletons, skeletons they're really right. goofy they all look exactly like the clash royale skeletons actually uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> In the center of the processor looms the same dragon corpse that Ryu had just seen in his vision. Uh, Bosch is terrified by the dragon, not knowing. Well, I don't know if terrified. He definitely knows like, wow, that's a big ass dragon. I didn't even know his genix are that big. His eyes get so fucking big. He's like, oh, uh, uh-huh. you're right. He doesn't say he's scared. But then when he makes fun of Ryu for being scared, it feels like projecting. Okay, because the way I read this is just it goes, wow, that's fucked up. And then he's like, but you know what's really scary? The Wrath of Captain Zeno. Yeah. <laughs> like he plays it off um, because, you know, he's a he's a bootlicker. 
Anyway, uh, so they go to the elevators and uh, oh, in the lab. Sorry, we did rush past this, but I do want to say that like Bosch is like, wait, I. I don't I don't yeah. know of any records of Genix getting this big. This must be some kind of experiment. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. on. I, I'm sure those are seeds that'll be plot important later. Yeah. The elevators in the labs are much snazzier than the rusty industrial ones that we've seen so far. Uh we run past a telecorder that seems to be very pointedly saying to the player that, hey, you're about to get into some more fights. You should probably save. You've already been through a dungeon. Particularly a fight that you just automatically lose if you're not a high enough level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the labs themselves have been seemingly abandoned and ransacked. Uh, papers and equipment are strewn everywhere, and caged genix have been stacked haphazardly, growling and swiping uh, from between the bars. Are you able to engage them in fights, or is this just set no. dressing? Not the caged ones, no. It's, okay. Yeah, it's just I, set dressing. I, I was expecting at least one of them to break out of the cage. I thought that would have been. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was yeah. also expecting like a Resident Evil jump scare here uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. from the makers of Resident Evil. So they could have done it and they didn't because they're cowards. Nope. 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 Shame. I mean, it would have been extremely rude if you didn't save. And then like one of them ambushes you because you didn't see the cage open and then you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we run past ominous mildewing test tanks and fight some nuggets that have broken out of their cages uh, previously and not when you get there. Mm-hmm. Blessedly, there is an identifier girl uh, who goes by the name uh, Jaju mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the hallway. Sometimes you can spend an hour running all the way back to the previous dungeon because you have no indication this is going to be here. Yeah, uh-huh, that sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but thank God that the enemies do not respond. Uh huh. That helps so much. Now, do the items they drop disappear if you leave the room or leave the dungeon and come back, or do they? Are they also permanent? I don't know. I need yeah. to research that before the next episode. Yeah, because what I find happens a lot is my inventory is full, but there's no item I want to drop and no item I can use in that moment that that'll free up a spot. And mm-hmm. so, like sometimes that item I need badly enough, like maybe it's healing or something that I will drop something that I would actually want and then pick up the other thing and then use it. But then I lose both items. You basically burn both items to use one, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, which is a bit of a bummer, but I I haven't quite figured out if like, if I go, I'm just going to keep going until I free up a slot and that spot. And then I will double back, grab those items again, and then keep far. I don't know if you stay in the dungeon, it stays, but I don't know if you go into town and come back if it does. Yeah, I I also don't know for sure. Uh, So sorry about that. I will have an answer for you for next episode. Cool. We arrive at the lift we're supposed to guard right as it's about to leave the station with a loud bell. We leap on it as it chugs away. As we steam through the red lit tunnel tracks, Ryu keeps watch. Bosch climbs the ladder and tells him, relax. No one would ever attack a lift guarded by rangers as though he wasn't there in the same meeting you were in. (laughs) They both turn to the sealed lid of the cargo drum, and Bosch muses, whatever it is, it must be important. Big Code Geass vibes here from the strain. Uh-huh. <laughs> from a parallel track, two mysterious figures watch our train pass by. Meanwhile, Bosch asks Ryu for his combat scores. He's got potential, and with enough numbers, they'll have to promote him. He could even be regent one day. Ryu seems shocked that Bosch has ambition, but he swears that he, Bosch, 164th will be region one day. 
And with reuse one, eight, one out of 8,192 ratio, he'll never be more than a grunt. So his combat scores are next to useless. And once he's regent, Bosch can, quote, help him out. Just jerking him off. Yeah, <laughs> That's how you get your combat score up. Uh-huh. Got to recharge. Got to recharge our D percentage. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, every time Ryu comes, his uh, D ratio go- or his D meter goes down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> practicing D retention. Uh-huh. That's what. Uh-huh. That's why Bosch is so grouchy. Dragon power is stored in the balls. <laughs> oh my God, yes, Bosch is no fat. But for <laughs> dragons. That's right. <laughs> Bosch cajoles Ryu some more to get him to say yes. And while Ryu is thinking about it, a blue masked hooded figure who's wearing a mask that makes them look like the Underminer from Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. Just is riding a giant ogre monster and it starts sprinting up the parallel track while the woman fires her pistol at her car. Bosch ducks behind the cargo to hide and suspects that this is a war genic. And uh, Trinity is behind it. But Ryu leaps on the minigun and starts blasting back. And uh, it makes us wonder how he got high combat scores since he misses every single shot. Um, <laughs> the alleged Trinity agent disappears for a moment. But Bosch spots her alone in the middle of our track. She lifts a bazooka to her shoulder, takes aim, and fires on the speeding train. A terrified Bosch can only stare at his oncoming doom before the blast sends him flying. We see him hanging on for dear life to a wrecked girder. Uh, Ryu stumbles forward in the darkness. The dragon heartbeat happens again, and the dragon from before stares open mouth before shouting, I'll choose you. And a sigil of light bursts forth, and Ryu is bathed in a warm, fiery glow. Ryu wakes up at a crater far below the ruined train tracks. The lift lies in wrecked pieces, and little fires burn everywhere. Ryu wonders how far he fell, and wonders if he's actually made it. Conveniently, Curio is here, so that's how you know you're alive. Mm-hmm. She set up shop next mm-hmm. to a telecorder and remarks that she wasn't expecting any customers all the way down here. Why the fuck are you here? <laughs> oh, it's the same <laughs> thing of like uh, in Shadow Hearts Covenant in the bottom of the, what is it, the Neem Ruins. <laughs> where the, so fucking Where goofy. the twins are down there. They're like, why are we down here? Like, we, there's no customers. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Cor- conveniently, why am I, are we down here is also what I was thinking during the Neem Ruins. <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's true uh you're you're there to get a get a seal so the old waste shaft is very properly named uh the rooms are giant pits filled with waste from above the second floor is treasure box is right inside the entrance but we won't get the key for a little bit ryu enters the second pit and spots a huge beast who has the same like collars that Nina seems to have that are like glowing with patterns and seem to be some sort of method of control or imprisonment. And it's mm-hmm. carrying an un, it's also wearing like a weird, like it's like got sleeves and a shroud and a loincloth on. And it's carrying an, un- an unconscious, angelic looking blonde girl, uh, sensing something cruel is about to happen, uh, which makes his sense of righteous justice activate. He starts burning with dragon rage. Ryu leaps onto the Cyclops creature's back and buries his sword into the, like, the back of its neck. The beast roars and flings Ryu off, but when he lands, Ryu then dashes through him with a fireball aura around him and slices the Cyclops' hand off. Ryu picks up the girl and places her gently on the ground. Uh, we can see now that she has tiny withered red wings. 
He hears the monster get back up and roar, gathering glowing energy into it. He scowls and readies his sword. The Cyclops is our first and basically only Ryu solo fight. Uh, we will have party members very soon after this. It can be a tough one. Uh, Cyclops can boost his attack with Spirit Charge, which does waste a turn, but like will make his next turn extremely powerful. And he can also hit us twice in a turn with his Sledgehammer if he doesn't have to spend any movement AP. The second Sledgehammer usually only does half damage, but that is still more than 100 damage uh, potential per turn when Ryu is possibly only around 150 at this point. Uh, so it it can wreck you if you're not fast with it. Yeah, if you don't realize the right thing to do is literally only just stand there and hit slice over and over again, you you could lose the fight really easy. Yeah. The funny thing is that the way that I got through this fight, so like, it does its power-up move, right? Like, it increases its strength. I thought it was going to be one of those moves where it, like, doubles your attack for, like, one turn or something, and then, like, it wears off. So what I was... What I ended up doing was kiting him around because I noticed his move distance was very, very short. So I yeah. would kind of hit and run uh, because I could outrun him without taking any damage. And oh. if he did manage to hit me, if he did manage to hit me like right at the edge of a circle, I had enough time to heal and get and get back. Yeah, yeah. So I, I ended up doing this fight very differently than I'm sure y'all did. <laughs> Yeah, it. I did not realize, but yeah, you can absolutely just like yeah, turn-based yakety sacks uh, <laughs> this dude around around the arena. So, yeah, through judicious healing item use and a few like you can either slice spam or do some slice wild swing deathbringer combo, and we can fight the cyclops off. Ryu then walks over, kneels down, and gingerly lifts the unconscious girl's head. Uh, she stirs and then gasps, holds onto him tightly, and starts shivering in fear. Now that the camera gets a closer look at the girl, we can also notice a red sigil on her forehead and blue, like, kind of like quasi-tribal uh, ringed tattoos on her shoulders and collarbone. Ryu soothes her and tells her that he got the would-be kidnapper. He I'm helps sure her this stand. Isn't the and one it... Square Enix was involved with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he helps her stand and introduces himself as Ryu. The girl blinks a few times, struggles for a second, and then like chokes out Nina. This game has no voice acting, and so the way that they like the way that they convey that she is mute other than being able to like vocalize a few things and barely say her own name is by being like before she says nina if you subscribe to the video games hot dog school of jrpgs character farts a lot (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) yeah uh ryu realizes upon hearing her strained voice that she is unable to speak He thinks for a moment and then tells her they have to get out of this place and starts walking towards the exit. When she does not immediately follow him, he reaches his arm back out for her to take it uh, like he is in the front of one of those really corny Instagram couples videos. Nina (laughs) has now joined our party. (laughs) Oh, God, that would you know what? That would be a really hilarious uh, image of like. Ryu like reaching back, looking forward, but also having like just the dystopic like lab yes. in front of them with all the trash. Uh-huh. <laughs> It'd be extremely funny. So Nina is our offensive magic user. Uh, she is a lot less hardy than Ryu or Bosch. Like I think she starts off with like ninety four hit points or something. Mm-hmm. And, like Ryu had like a hundred fifty or so to start. 
But even her level one spells can be stacked to do a ton of cumulative damage. In addition, she can create circular damage zones on the battlefield with her G spells. Uh, They can't be placed over an enemy's current location, but they can be used for territory control to impede one group of enemies while we focus on another or in tandem with uh, abilities like reuse kick, where you can basically force move an enemy into the trap area. And like this first, um, I think it's G flare. It's the Mm -hmm. name of the first one. It's so powerful. Like it does like mid nineties damage to start. Yeah. And you can drop if you're like, not too far away or if you're just at a good spot you can drop at at least two of these on her turn and Mm -hmm. so like just imagine like an enemy like walks in and just like bumps one or two of these and like just dies it's it's super super it makes them slightly dumber and for medium enemies have like inherent size scales like small medium large and like medium and smaller enemies have like their movement interrupted by this Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's good crowd control. It's good damage. It's just a, it can be a bit fiddly to get it to to set up, depending on your the area you're in and like where your party members are. Yeah, and because we don't get Jolt until later, this is her only spell, only one, yeah. which I yep. which I think is very much like the game trying to teach you, like, hey, use this by not giving you an can easy this set out off with a bomb? Jolt spell. I don't know. No, don't so. can you put a bomb and then put a G flare under it, and does that set off the bomb? I don't think so, because I don't think G flare can cause damage on its turn when you when you put it down. No, but when an enemy walks into it, does the bomb also go off because the bomb radius is bigger than the G flare? Mm -hmm. That'd be good. Uh, I'd be curious to know. But either way, as long as you know, at the very least, if you do that and it doesn't go off, you could have a character just set it off on their turn because Mm -hmm. like, you know, no friendly fire and all that. This game would be so much worse with friendly fire. <laughs> oh my god, I know it would be brutal. That would be a fun like alternate difficulty setting thing if if that mm-hmm. were a thing in this game. But you'd also have to be able to remote set off things like bombs, or else they'll be completely useless. Right, right, yeah. You'd have to be able to like shoot them with Lin, or yeah, jolt them with. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you would have to make it a targetable item. The modders get on it. G-spells cost more AP the farther away from Nina they are when you're, you know, when you're placing them. So you can't just, you know, put a flare on the other side of the screen. But they're still a very powerful tool in the party's arsenal. Yeah, the, the scales with the distance, with the amount of AP it would cost you to walk that far, which is why it's like so good to just spend a bunch of party XP leveling Nina up just for AP because she gains a lot of AP really fast. She does. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Although she does level up pretty fast, even if you're not using a lot of party XP. Like I found that she like by the end of the section, she was only a couple levels behind uh, Ryu. But also, I don't have a super strong Ryu like you do, Chris. Like she's not level (laughs) 30. She's not level 10. She's like level six, but she's still very powerful. But yeah, she starts off at level one. You, You probably want to spend a little bit to to bolster it up just really for her health because her health is so low Mm -hmm. and we also unlock a new field ability d dash which by pressing r2 on the battlefield we can dash through enemies knocking them aside without triggering an encounter and uh, as we mentioned before use this as much as you feel like until the d counter starts and then don't use it again (laughs) unless you absolutely have to (laughs) 
The first hallway with enemies is a tight corridor with spiders that drop from the ceiling and worker ants that run away from us unless they're in the pet zone when a spider attacks. Both of these enemies do enough danger, uh, damage to be dangerous. Some of the ants can fucking attack twice also and uh, mm -hmm. debuff us in several ways. They're guarding this floor's treasure key, which leads to an unidentified plus one shield and no identifier in sight. Through this section, you fucking leave with like six unidentified items taking up most of your inventory. Yeah, rough. yeah, because you rough. still only have 10 items until you get Lin. And then, yeah. then the game was like, here's more unidentified gear for your new character. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, which I'm not uh, even using because of the drawbacks. Yeah, uh, it's, it's worth noting here that you probably have picked up a bind gear for Ryu by this point and been able to identify it, uh, which negates the bind spider's biggest threat, which, like... Bind, because this game is so positioning-based, is, I think, the worst debuff, or, you know, like, the most dangerous debuff, because it means you can't move until you heal it with an item. The confusion pretty bad, too. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was gonna say, like, I got confused a couple of times, and the interesting thing is that, well, it only lasts one turn, uh, in my mm. experience. Like, I, like... But it lasts into the field. So I got confused by a guy I oh, had really? split off from a group and then immediately ran face first into the entire rest of the group. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> no. Jeez. Yeah, no, what happened was, like, I think, was it Bosch that got confused? Like, people get confused and they attack enemies, they attack your own party. But if you are confused and you get hit, you're no longer confused. And then if you went around controlling people, like, you're controlling that person's turn and they act in a confused manner then the confused goes away. So it's not like multi-turn oh, as far as check I this out. Then it would be super debilitating. In the dungeon, it reverses your controls. Yeah. That sucks, but also rules? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very annoying and is also neat. Yeah, I think there's a monster you can run into that's already confused on the field. Uh, so I have yes. a note about that. Okay, okay. It okay. is, they are not confused, but it is indicating something else. Ooh, okay. Oh, well, then that is the status I had. Because it had the oh, same no, icon. So that, well, no, that's what I'm saying is that it, for that one enemy, uh -huh. the, the confuse icon does not mean they're confused. But yes, confuse is what you had. Okay. Yep. Yep. Well, I the did rest not of fight the that guy. I ran by him. <laughs> coward. I was like, I'm going to fight every back. enemy. And then I was like, oh, no, this room has seven of these guys and it got to go. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, oh, oh, did you walk up to one and then one started moving? Did you no, do that? None of <laughs> them I just started that, like, moving. Oh, no, no. Like, I, because I was going down both sides of the hallway to be like, hey, is there anything hiding in here or like an item or yeah. something? And I got slightly too close to one and it took a step forward and I went, nope, I ran the other uh -huh. way. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was so, spooky. Uh -huh. I think through here is the danger room with the giant ant also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The rest of this area is more of the same. Big trash pits with roaming genics and tight corridors with ceiling ambushes. It gives us time to practice Nina tactics. We climb up a rusted metal ladder to the third floor. Uh, Ryu and Nina walk hand in hand into the next trash pit. Just great date. <laughs> the blue headed woman who attacked the lift is here. She flexes her fingers, goes for her holster and charges at Ryu. He manages to block her shot with his sword, which is cool, but is driven back to the ground. He pushes aside her smoking pistol and shouts a trinity. She replies, Ranger, you can't help her from above him. She commands him to leave Nina with her. Trinity needs her and thinks she's the only hope of saving this rotten world. Nina is also on her knees, looking confused and terrified. 
Ryu says he doesn't care what she wants. He doesn't deal with criminals. She calls him admirable for a ranger and says it's too bad he doesn't realize there's more to the world than what he can see with his eyes. She cocks her pistol and continues that there are some things he would be happier not knowing. She tells him to forget her and the girl with the wings. She beckons to Nina, who dusts herself off. What's up? No, I just... There's just something, like, in terms of the writing, that the whole thing of just uh, Ryu being like, you're a criminal, that means you're a bad person thing, it's just so flat. Like He's a cop! I wish... I, I know, but, like, I wish there was something like, oh, by the way, did you, Trinity killed his friend or something. Like, there needed to be, like, some extra bit that, like, motivates him a little bit more other than you, bad person, bad person, criminal. It just felt really fair, cartoonish. If Bosch was my friend, I wouldn't be sad, mad at someone who blew him up either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, for yeah. Real. So, yeah, the, there there is very little in terms of like in world resistance to the way that the world is set up, like everyone right. complains about it, but then everyone also goes, yeah, but Trinity is a bunch of terrorists. So like he's indoctrinated into sure, sure. the world's ideology. I think what you're picking up on or, and what might be clanging for you is that the dialogue in this game is very short and direct and it, it is, doesn't it really leave a lot of room for characterization like mm -hmm. that isn't that isn't just like directly on its face and that can make it feel very simplistic and i do think that the characters have more going on but because all of the lines are so short and the story scenes are so brief it it does it can be like, wait, is this is this kid just noble but good, but he's a cop? And it's like, yes, but <laughs> but I do think that what the game is signaling is that like everyone just sees Trinity as as the criminals, especially yeah, if yeah. they are part of you know. It's like a low D ranger is like the best thing that someone like Ryu can hope for. Uh, and so, and, and he kind of buys in until he gets talked to by a dead dragon. And, he's, uh -huh. and even then he's like, well, I don't know what this is about, but um, I guess I'm going to do this now. I, I guess the thing that I ultimately really want that this isn't really fleshing out is who Ryu is as a person other than a low D ranger. Because that's basically all we know about him. He has no family. He kind of has a friend. Uh, everyone bullies him, I guess. But like that doesn't tell you what his personality is like and what he's lived through other than a little bit of bullying. Uh, and right. just living in a terrible world that everybody else lives in. So I, I kind of wish we knew like his feelings and motivations beforehand, where they never were expressed before. I I think that he's a profoundly unambitious kid who just kind of mm. wants to live his life. And the first time that he starts like defying that, he literally has to be like shot off of a train, blown up, and then get put into a situation where he has to protect a helpless person. Yeah. Yeah. That, but, I mean, that's <laughs> only, only, right, only worthy to be heroic in the, in the face of, uh, oh, no, uh, defenseless girl must must be hero now. Yeah, you're right that none of this is spelled out. It just no. didn't bug me because I do think that it's that there's stuff going yeah. on in the background. Yeah, I, I, I just think that like that's going to be probably a thing with this game. I probably will try not to harp on it too much, which is it is doing a lot of a lighting detail because it's mostly a mechanics game. <laughs> yeah, in, in terms of story.
The woman in Trinity beckons to Nina, who dusts herself off, but then grabs onto Ryu's shoulders and hides behind him. A bit shocked by this, she, the uh, woman tries to tell her that Ryu can't help her, but Nina won't hear any of it. The woman relents, lowers her gun, and offers to work together with Ryu, at least until they leave End Sector. Ryu lowers his sword, but still looks defiant, asking if he's supposed to just trust her. And then she removes her mask, revealing red hair with severe bangs. She smiles at Nina and introduces herself as Lin to try to show him that they have a common goal. Lin offers her hand to Ryu and helps him up. Um, so she removes her mask, but doesn't remove her hood. And so, mm-hmm. like, it, she's got these, like, just pointy protrusions where her hair buns are, theoretically. And it's, it's a just, lot. Yeah. it's a lot. It looks so goofy. No, I mean, it. she looks like um, a, a mook from one of the uh, Jet Set Radio gags. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So almost immediately after we got our second party member, we get our third party member, Lynn, who is a ranged physical damage fighter who shoots things with her gun. She starts out very weak in physical damage, although certain enemy types like the louse enemy uh, are very weak to her gun. But she gets a lot more powerful as her moveset starts to open up. Her weak pistol attacks uh, can add effects to the more powerful shots further down the chain. Uh, Hey, Hey will lead to like multipliers on other attacks that we don't have yet. And uh, her stay there skill can slow down enemies from a distance. It's not a pure bind. It's a speed down, but that's still very helpful. Um, Especially since it changes to like a very big knockback. You're basically removing an enemy from you from you for a turn. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lynn can later use a charged shot on the field to knock enemies away from a distance. Most importantly, though, uh, she adds a precious third page to our very limited inventory, Uh which has been feeling extremely tight. But like Chris mentioned above, uh, we also then get a whole bunch more unidentified items. So, you know, a monkey's paw a little bit. A page and a half of unidentified items by the time we get to the uh-huh. out of here. That's so many. Jeebus. Before we get back to dungeon crawling, we get another shot from HQ uh, beneath a, uh, a camera position of a red lit, noisy and slow fan. Bosch gives his report to Captain Zeno. There was a Trinity attack and Ryu is missing. Bosch is still shaking in fear and shame as uh, Captain Zeno in it just the most girl boss energy asks, uh, well, but what about the cargo? And he's like, cargo? I barely made it out alive. And she's like, uh, you're a ranger. You should have secured the top secret cargo before returning, idiot. When also, he tries she's to explain, she should just know that the cargo burr or mm-hmm. boom, depending on the kind of car. <laughs> Good. Good. 
when he tries to explain that surely nothing could sur have survived falling that far, she snaps that the top brass don't like excuses, basically threatening holding his promotion above his head. She orders Bosch to find the cargo and get rid of it permanently, no matter what it looks like. And then she emphasizes her point before he leaves. Get rid of it. By the way, I did drop a picture of gum from uh, Jet Set Radio. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's very similar. Basically, if you cross that with like, I don't know, the outfit from like um, uh, Riku's outfit from Final Fantasy X or something. And that's basically yeah. what, what Lid looks like. Or a little bit of Cosmos's outfit, too. Yeah, a little Zenith bit. Side. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's it's got that like leotard bathing suit vibe. Uh, it, what know, it looks like of... is it looks like a Valkyria Chronicles uniform. Whoa, is it really that? Uh, I didn't realize Valkyria Chronicles had that much inner thigh exposure. There is a lot of absolute territory in Valkyria Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, and also that exact same color scheme of like that blue and that cream. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So the next floor up appears to be the control area for the waste shaft. The walls are now made of concrete and the area feels recently inhabited and operational. There's an enemy called the goo element. <laughs> and these motherfuckers, uh, they yeah, basically like <laughs> this one, uh, like jumps out at you from nowhere. And like, they do a thing where they like jump up spread out and just pancake you and like you literally do the cartoon pancake and spring back up i yeah. love it and everyone it looks so it's, good it's, it's this so is like, funny what's what's this fucking uh um dragon quest character doing in my game uh <laughs> it, it's very slime but <laughs> yeah, the yeah. slime cannot flatten your ass like this one can it's great no no yeah, this, let's one, be this, real. One, this looks like a slime but you're taking like a 90 damage a turn if you were grouped up uh-huh uh -huh. it sucks <laughs> I got hit with this once and went, oh shit. That's two heal kits just to find out that this guy don't fuck around. Uh -huh. After that, we enter a dilapidated old control room attached to a barracks and get hit with another danger room. And this one is full of bind spiders of various sizes. This is like, I find the bind spiders are not bad because whenever we get into a fight with them there's usually a choke point of either a hallway or a door you can just toro them with like yeah and they'll just walk right in and and kill themselves so it's mm -hmm. great in this room i struggled really bad with the camera and the fact that pets doesn't show you enemies you can't see and i took like mm -hmm. 200 free damage by motherfuckers coming through this doorway oh ouch, that's ouch, brutal ouch ouch just one pipe-filled hallway down, we come across our first D-ratio locked door, and these doors only open if reused D-ratio is high enough, and this is basically not a door you're going through until New Game Plus, so uh, just mm -hmm. try to ignore that. And I was wondering about this, and now I'm glad I know that I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's your, the only way to increase your D-ratio is to beat the game, so it is literally revisit this in new game plus and you'll get something for it okay can it go down is, um, can you do a really bad job on a new game plus and have it go down no i no. don't think so so if you do worse the second playthrough uh then your third playthrough you'll just have the same d ratio hell yeah so after a few more fights we come across to the other side of the locked d ratio room but this side is blocked by caged windows, and we can see the floor's treasure box and a group of what looks like skeletal warriors wielding shovels. Uh, and these are the guys you're going to fight in your next playthrough, so don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. 
on the fifth and sixth floor through even more rusted and water-stained concrete corridors piled with trash, we find two more D-ratio locked doors and can encounter high-level Genix tattooed with glowing barcodes and a confused spiral floating above their heads. They're dressed in the same glowing cuffs and tattered shroud as the Cyclops uh, we fought earlier was wearing, and uh, these creatures are called Devolve, with the V being also capitalized, and can hit for a ton of damage. But they do not enter the battle with a confused debuff, so the spiral means something else. They also punish the steal mechanic by enraging if you steal their stuff toy from them. Oof. Yeah. There And it's like, it, it goes like, you know, uh, Devolve is very angry that they no longer have their stuffed animal. And uh, the stuffed toy is, it's uh, it sells for 250 zenny, which is a lot at this point. Yeah. So, you know, but it is funny that it, it like, it, it has the consciousness of a child and it's roaming around just like smashing people. Uh, well, it's extremely dark in that way. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 I would presume confused means not under orders. That's exact. Yeah, that's it's it's an indication that this has gone rogue is essentially what that confused thing means because it doesn't start the battle with the boss fight that because you cut that guy's hand off. He takes like 20 percent more damage if you attack him from that side. No, that (laughs) rocks. That's a thing. Yeah, that one guy then the the cut the first boss fight that you have before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes a little bit of bonus damage on that side. I did not know that. That rules. rules. So many things in this game like doesn't signal that it does. That's neat. Well, I like that because the game like in the dungeon already has like a sense of ecology and rewards being observant and interacting with the environment. And I like that that continues on to how do enemies look? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I wish that it would like it would be really cool if you could say target an arm on one of these enemies and it still does damage overall, but maybe it does less. And then it creates this extra effect of you chop the arm off it and it becomes weaker on that side. Or have something. you heard of like, the surge? Uh, I oh. have not. Well, yes, I have, but I haven't played it. <laughs> surge 2 is really good, Matt. It's the best soul thing. I will take your word for it. Uh, so a trash covered hermit snail drops uh nina's first pure offensive attack which is jolt uh these guys are are kind of interesting because uh they basically take no physical damage at all you have to use nina's um mm-hmm. skills in order to kill it the g flare so the first one is really obnoxious to uh-huh. to beat because you have to uh g flare it and then once you get jolt it's like ah, oh, thank god okay well and the other ones i fought that you, you run into like three or four of these guys and uh the other ones they do will take not move wall damage Oh, they take wall damage? Interesting. Yeah, but no, yeah, you're right. They the, Some turns, they will just refuse to move forward, and so you like it's like, oh, I have to kick these guys. I can't just wait for them to approach me and yeah. get hit with a flare. Yeah, but sometimes they're in a hallway where, like, you can't kick them back into something, like, into open space, and so you just kind of have to be patient, or just jolt them down, as you mentioned, now that you have jolt. Or mm-hmm. just dynamite them, probably. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty hardy. I don't know if Dynamite does a ton of damage to them, do they? Because they're, they're in very battle, phys- it does. Physical it, it's one of those it, in, activate it in battle. Yes. Uh, throwing it at them. Eh, ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't tried throwing it. Can you throw items like Dynamite and stuff in the middle of battle or it just has to be there before the battle starts? No, you can place them in battle, but you can't throw them throw in battle. Them. Okay. If you could throw them, that'd be amazing. 
Yeah. To the east, we see a bunch of lice feeding on the bloodied corpse of a devolve. And if we approach them, the bugs scatter and the doors lock. And suddenly uh, this very claustrophobic hallway becomes a danger room. And there's a bunch of them. There's like like a life threatening room. (laughs) There's Uh like eight of them in there. Thankfully, they mostly scatter down the hallway and don't circle back unless you approach. I got Uh, immediately rushed by like four of these guys. It was bad. Oh, God. I got so lucky because like I didn't trigger any fight. And then when I started inching into the room, I was only pulling one or two at a time. So it ended up being very manageable. But it, it is really scary for a second and like mm-hmm. really cool little environmental trap uh, that they set for you here. It is annoying. I mean, it makes sense that uh, the corpse is an obstacle in the arena. Oh, that if part you enter sucks. a fight in that hallway. And so yeah, you like, fuck you. it's it. It's almost impossible to like walk all the way down to the far edge of the hallway. Oh, no, I had a problem where, like, because I use Ryu as my leader, like, yeah. he went past the corpse, but then Lin and Nina got, like, trapped behind oh, the corpse, and they yeah. couldn't get through, and so brutal. Nina was just not able to do any G-flares, so she just ended up doing a lot of jolting, which is still very effective. But these bugs also take a ton of damage from Lin's gun. I don't know if this game has, like, slashing versus piercing damage on physical or not. Um, it is, it's, it's, it's shot melee magic are the three okay. damage types. So yes, okay, shot so is a unique yes. damage type. Yeah. yeah. Cause, cause she will mow down these little guys, uh, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this skill so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a reward for this floor is a treasure key, which opens a box containing the attack there with an exclamation point, which is a. 10 AP attack for Lin that increases the crit chance of other attacks stacks very well. Mm-hmm. Plus the plus the combo bonus. The sixth floor's one big room is populated by a small colony of non-aggressive worker ants, and you can fight them, but it feels kind of bad because they're just not bugging you. They're always around boxes, so I assume there's nice stuff in there. I just haven't mm-hmm. gone. I didn't. I was at the point where, like, I just want to get to the end and make sure I get to this boss fight before we record today. So yeah, I yeah. did not I did not pick a fight that I wasn't forced to pick. I, I want to go back and then do that fight before I do the boss fight again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we mentioned the uh, the sleeping devolves that are guarding the exit. But yes, you can wake them up. It's really spooky, but they don't move very fast. So you can definitely outrun them. Oh, they also, they, they don't, all they do is like, they, they stir, like they're, they have a wake up animation and they mm-hmm. like, loo- they like loom forward, but they're not even attackable. Like I tried to slash at one. Oh, really? And they, so yeah, these are not, you, these are, you cannot enter okay. combat with these, these sleeping devolves. They're just there to spook you. Well, they did a good job because I yeah, definitely did really not well. try to engage them. <laughs> <laughs> I was spooked, especially because, you know, you're at the point where, like, my healing is basically all gone. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, if I take a couple bad licks, it's going to be a bad time. Oh, I am out of everything and everyone is going to die in one hit. So we'll see how the next two rooms go and then we'll decide if I restart or not. (laughs) By this point, we are starving for an item identifier and a weapon locker and a shop. But sadly, that one's not here. But uh, oh no, it is. It's just up into the right. No. Um, there's another yeah there's a there's a pathway that has a a curio and a weapon shop guy um, oh is there an item and, shop though yeah. yes there is an yeah, item okay. shop yes i missed the yes. item yeah. shop that's what i wanted so bad and then i yeah. spent all my money on weapons Oops. instead mm-hmm. you know i gotta say it is kind of um 
this game only gives you a single save slot. You can't do multiple saves and be like, oh, I'll just go back to my previous save. I guess the idea is you just restore. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. if you want to if you want to do that. But I think that's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, thankfully, you can have multiple playthroughs of the game on one memory card. So there yeah. is like you can have save slots, but yeah, you can't use them for scumming purposes at all. No, no, no. We have arrived at the little settlement of Junk City. Junk City is home to Scrap and Low D's. It's a dirty little shanty town made of shacks on stilts and rickety wooden raised walkways. An old woman and a small child are burning a fire to keep warm next to a telecorder. Everyone wants to wham next to the recorder. <laughs> a gargantuan worker ant is busy excavating the cave just beyond the town's edge. I must have just missed the path onto the shanty town because to me this was like a one screen of this old lady, this kid, and then the item locker. Yeah, no, it's, oh, yeah. It, it, it's to it's the right. Tough. Yeah. It's yeah. If if you go uh, if you go up above the campfire and head right, then there is yeah another platform. another yeah. little platform. It's still a one screen thing. It's just a slightly larger screen. Oh yeah, and they do the rude thing of you 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 leave this town, you get immediately into a boss fight, and then you get immediately shuffled into the next dungeon, and you can't go back. <laughs> Wait, can yeah. I not well, go you, back? You no. can go back. You can okay. you can go back. It it just you have to find the way back. Uh, I don't know it how to do that. Past it. Okay. It, okay yeah. It's, I, yeah. Okay, okay, because what happened to me was I got into the next fight, and I went like, I don't want to save right now, because I just saved, even though they gave me another save coin. I'm just going to go back into town and then, like, buy my shit. And then I I went into all four exits, or three exits out of that room, and none of them were to the town. I went, well, I guess I'm in a dungeon now. Yeah. <laughs> and then I turned off sounds, the game. <laughs> sounds like we're restarting. Uh... The old woman tells us that long ago, when humans lived above ground, there used to be something above us called a sky. And her grandson is bored of how long her stories are because he really has to pee. Up by the vendor weirdos, we could meet a dog person who is probably a rare callback to the animal people previous games in the series. He keeps complaining that a mysterious coup in his ear is distracting him from being able to do his shopping. Uh, we sell off our loot, identify our gear, and head back to the sixth floor to pick up anything we can, to pick up anything we ran past because of our inventory space. And buy some better weapons and armor if we have the cash. Is that sp- wait? Hold on, hold on. Was that supposed to be a dog whistle that he's hearing? No, oh, boo, <laughs> boo. I don't, I don't know, but it kind of sounds like it. I, I, I think that it is implying that other people who have a weird dragon connection also hear a voice, but it is currently just a weird throwaway line we don't have any like evidence Mm -hmm. for that being the case yet got it got it i choose to believe it is a dog whistle and he also agrees that the ants aren't setting their best or brightest (laughs) (laughs) so uh we finally arrive at a major lift station that has a functioning lift here. Uh, and when I say finally, I just mean in terms of like how long we've been dungeoning because it's actually immediate and gives you no warning that you're about to enter into something uh, major here as soon as you screen transition. A ranger minecart flashes its high beams at us, causing Ryu to squint. And shields his eyes. Bosh is here, but he has a blank, determined look on his face as he walks right past Ryu and draws his sword, staring at Nina with murderous intent. 
Bosch congratulates Ryu, which confuses Ryu, and he demands to know what happened to Nina in response. Bosch's answer is chilling. My orders were to destroy the cargo. That's all you need to know. Bosch makes another move towards Nina, and Ryu steps in front of him to block his path. The little blonde punk says, out of my way, but Ryu refuses and demands again to know what's going on. Bosch half-closes his eyes, seemingly, like, resigned, and says, Ryu, I'm... And then thrusts his sword into Ryu's thigh. As the High D Rangers accompanying him look on and Ryu staggers to his knees, Bosch twists the sword around on its way back out, saying he can't afford to be wasting time with something like this. Great friend, man. Ryu, mm-hmm. find better friends, please. Nina rushes to Ryu's aid, and Bosch stabs him again, scoffing that Nia, Nina is fond of him, and then pointing the sword at her. Nina gasps, and a wounded Ryu pushes the sword aside. The other rangers have captured Lin by this point, and she's just kind of standing there with her hands up, looking on in fear. Out of patience, Bosch thrusts his sword into Ryu a third time, but this time directly into his chest. Ryu's eyes go wide with shock and then get cloudy. Blood trickles out of the corner of his mouth. His vision goes red as he wonders if he's going to die here. So I read this as that he got stabbed through the throat. Uh, it's very possible. It's hard to to tell. (laughs) It's, it's some PS2 animation stuff going on for sure. And Uh, and it's not exactly, it's not fully in frame either. Right. Right. And there's no blood or anything. This is like, what, what's that? Uh, oh, we had a scene like this in one of our games, right? Where like somebody was was, getting stabbed in the blood with, oh yeah, yeah. In Xenosaga where like characters get bloody. uh, Yeah. Well, it was Xenosaga 3. Yes, Xenosaga three, Xenosaga. where they removed the blood from the localization, and so she, and yeah, so yeah. like a, a traumatized Shion is trying to put blood back into uh, right, a corpse, right, right. and it just showing her cupping the empty space. Oh god, that was so rough. But yeah, like they don't animate this very in a very detailed fashion. I mean, it still looks gnarly, and I would imagine if they had the budget to for more art, it would have been extremely gnarly. <laughs> Matt, this is before Capcom decided, what if we made a bunch of good games in a row instead of some games that no one likes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dragon speaks in Ryu's mind again and says, I'll choose you. So Ryu's just a Pokemon uh, to yeah. this dragon. Uh-huh. Ryu then erupts in an angry red aura, pulls the sword out of his chest with a gloved hand, and transforms into a silver-haired and clawed dragon hybrid that, again, looks like skinny Osura. A boss battle against our one-time partner begins. At the start of the fight, both of the other rangers will attack Lin, which, uh, if we've got steel equipped on her, will lead to some stolen powerful weapons. Hopefully, Lin was topped up with health so she can survive this attack, otherwise Ooh. she's down. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, she survived for me, but I immediately went like, oh, shit, this is bad. She's already in, like, the last third of health immediately. She mm-hmm. died on one hit, and then Nina died from the other hit. Brutal. <laughs> Rough. So then Bosch will attempt to stab uh, the dragon form of Ryu and reacts in shock and fear when his beast blade does no damage. This fight can go two ways. One if you know what you're doing and one if you're experiencing the game fresh. It is supposed to act as a lesson in how powerful Ryu's dragon form is. However, wrecking shop with Ryu will have two consequences. The first is that it will ratchet the newly appeared D counter up which, like, going from, like, 4% to 13% is very scary when you know what the D-counter is. 
Yeah. And will prevent you from stealing a missable skill from Bosch called Fang. Now, nope. uh, <laughs> Fang is not like a world beating skill. And so if you missed it, it's fine. It's a like line attack that does 70% attack power to everybody in its range, regardless of their defensive oh. skill. Yeah, this is the skill that Bosch already has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in order to optimize this fight, because Lin... Uh, be, so Nina's shield that she has likely does not have steel on it, and also you probably shouldn't put steel on Nina. And so Lin, because Ryu's in dragon form, is the only one who can steal. And so the way to do this is... So Nina should spam Jolt on the two side rangers, and then Lin should finish them off, and then move into Bosch's attack range, and then on Ryu's turn... The other cool thing about the Ryu's dragon form is that it does not cost AP to move, and so he can fly mm -hmm. anywhere in his uh -huh. range. Uh -huh. um, and so the way to do this is to then get Ryu out of Bosch's attack range so that Bosch attacks Lin the next turn, in which case Lin will steal Fang for Ryu, and then Ryu can fly up to Bosch and finish him with a single twister attack, which is, I think, I think it's 3% increase. But oh, he does so much damage. Yeah, no, it, it. this is by far the most overpowered dragon transformation in any Breath of Fire game, but it's because it is supposed to be, you know, break glass in case of emergency. Normally, you just have Nina and Lin kill the two other guys and then have Ryu kill Bosch, or Nina and Lin die and Ryu kills everybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're gaming it, you can get Bosch's good skill and then equip it to Ryu. Yeah. Yeah, what I managed to do is everyone survived this fight. Like, I managed to to take down the other two guys. Uh, well, at least one of the other guys, Nina and Lin. And then I had Ryu kill Bosch with one hit, fly across the other side of the uh, of the room, and then kill the other guy. <laughs> uh, and it felt Great. really sick. Mm -hmm. But I didn't save after this, so I get to do it again. So maybe I'll get Fang this time. Oh, right, because you didn't know about the soft saves yet. I did not know about the soft saves, but also I had just spent a save coin in the town mm -hmm. and I was going to go back and then think about what I was going to buy because I hadn't bought anything new at that point. Mm -hmm. and I just walked mm -hmm. into the next room, but I, you know, you can't lose that fight basically. And then I was like shoved into a dungeon and went, you know what? I'll just redo that fight. That wasn't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a big deal. Ryu's heart pounds and he turns back into a human. Uh, his vision blurs and Nina looks terrified. He asks, who am I? And collapses. And when he wakes up, Nina is kneeling over him. Lin grabs him by the shoulders and demands to know what he is because he has power far beyond a normal ranger. And by the way, they're in the middle of a dungeon at this point. They've run away. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're not still in the in the station. So Ryu is still stuck on what Bosch said, which is get rid of the cargo. And uh, he thinks Trinity has to know something and makes demands of his own. And he asks Lin what Trinity is going to do with Nina. And she replies, even if you knew, what could you do? Use that power again? And what would that accomplish? Which, by the way, I think, did we mention that there's a little convo that happens in the dungeon prior where she asks, like, hey, do you know what's up with Nina? Or no, I think... Um, Lin is asked by Ryu, do you know what's the deal with Nina? And she's like, what if, you know, what if I did know? And she says, like, actually, I don't know anything. <laughs> um, so it was, it was an interesting thing, though. They added this little uh, cutscene in the middle of the dungeon. 
that might be a Saul scene because I, 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 I was oh, very maybe. thorough in these notes and I, did, okay. I don't remember putting it down. So I think it might be a Saul scene. Okay. Yeah. So in, in that, I, yeah, because I did restart by that point. Hmm. So I would say that like, it's, it's notable that Lynn is also in the dark about what Trinity wants to do with Nina specifically mm-hmm. or, or anything else about her. So Ryu tries to push Lin away, but then they both notice Nina is trying to say something, and uh, the two look at each other and both indignantly scoff. They're like, "Fine, whatever. We can't fight in front of the in front of the child." Yeah, they look at each other and then like look pointedly look away from each other and like close oh, their so eyes, good. like, "Hmm." Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's very, very sa- funny. Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, yeah, fucking separate ways, dramatic head turn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lynn tells Ryu that if he wants to know who or what Nina is, they need to head to Biocorp Labs. Uh, Ryu doesn't know where his power came from or why. He just totally forgets that he kind of made a contract with a with a giant uh, skeletal dragon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he said that he heard a voice in his head. It scared him and made him feel like he was losing his humanity. And Lynn says it's time to leave. Uh, the Rangers will be coming after us. And that's all until next episode, uh, where we'll be returning to our hometown of Low Sector Borough on our way to Biocorp. What'd y'all think about this first little... I mean, I, I again, I feel like we uh, covered a ton of it in the bottom of the episode, but do we have any uh, closing thoughts on this section? I mean, to kind of reiterate what I said last episode, I was really scared in that first hour that this was going to be a little too much for me to figure out, especially under my personal life constraints. And then once Nina came into the picture, I went, okay, I've, I've got it now. I've got a nice rhythm. I'm not taking damage every fight. Uh, so I'm not really like strapped as strapped for healing. Things are moving up. And then Lynn comes along and I'm like, hell yeah. So I'm in a pretty solid place right now. I'm still kind of obviously figuring out (laughs) the details, like all the stuff with the, uh, with the comboing. And I think the story isn't quite, there isn't enough that's happened yet for me to really say much on it. I just feel like it does feel a little broad compared mm-hmm. to other stuff that we've played for this show before. There's just a little less to sink your teeth into, but I'm sure we'll get somewhere with that. Um, but yeah, enjoying it a lot so far. This early section is a lot like life in America, where if you make one or two mistakes, it's uh, all over for you. <laughs> uh-huh. unfortunately you don't it can't took reset that, i took two bad fights with some lice and a giant ant and now i gotta fucking you're right i am sol and should restart uh-huh, uh-huh, video uh-huh. game bankruptcy gotta get take care of these debts uh, i'm just thinking breath of fire 5 chapter 11 yeah it's the yeah. downwardly mobile simulator uh-huh like funnily enough you know this game coming out in 2002, it not only was it ahead of its time in terms of mechanics, but it's also ahead of its time in terms of like, oh, climate change is dooming the world, but the powers that be really need it to keep happening. So we're going to try to ignore it as much as possible, even as it makes everyone's life worse. Like that, that is partially the text of the game but you know done in a very broad and simple way and partially just playing this in 2023 and being like damn it really do be like that huh uh-huh. yeah. yeah system climate wow. change i deeply relate to these characters because my computer can also tell me that the weather is smoke uh-huh. 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 <laughs> yeah all, all you need to make this like a little bit more modern is just a few more like direct barbs of capitalism and then you're good uh-huh <laughs> exactly 
All right. Yeah. Well, I do uh, like, listen. I do like that this is the world where, based on your D ratio, you literally do get assigned a cop at birth. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. 100%. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's do our plugs. Yeah. So, I write Yuri manga and anime reviews on Okazu, the uh, the Yuri blog, the long-running Yuri blog. You can check those out at yurikan.okazu.com. Beyond that, uh, listen to other shows on the network. We have our two Boku no Stops. Uh, there's the uh, free one where we are currently covering Iron-Blooded Orphans. We have our premium one where we're wrapping up Be the Beginning. And uh, also, we started a, a bonus show uh, that we do on occasion called Radio Manga, where uh, Sybil and I talk about manga that we've been reading uh, recently. Our most recent episode at this point that's out it was a deep dive into Mario Okada's Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Mm. We have another one in the tank that I'm working on editing. Uh, but uh, yeah, just keep an eye there if you want to. If if you want more otaku shit out of this network, uh, most of our fans do want more yeah, otaku it, shit out of this yeah. network. Yeah, you know yeah. you're here for it's, 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 piggy. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's very it's very funny that every time somebody I tell somebody, oh yeah, I do podcasting, and they go, what are you about? And I'm like, Japanese video games and anime and manga. No, mm-hmm. but not like that. Not like, but kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that, but in a knowing ironic way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not watching. Uh, and then they're like, hey, have you watched Naruto? And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care for that. <sighs> the kind of person who will tell you that they're interested in that is not the kind of person who is for or you want to talk to. True. Usually it's like the most normie version of somebody who's watched anime. It's like, I've watched Naruto or Demon Slayer or uh, One Piece or mm-hmm. they watched Dragon Ball Z as a kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. I in uh, I want to endorse heat guns, uh, which is a power tool that just shoots hot air at things. I and... shit you not. I was literally going to endorse a heat gun <laughs> <laughs> because I had what to reball part of my. I attempted to reball my PS2's GPU, which is the problem with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did not have uh, so. I went and uh, my sister and brother-in-law just bought a house down in Olympia and um, the cabinets all had uh, linoleum just like pasted onto the bottom. And uh, let me tell you, removing that would have been impossible without a heat gun. So Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. extremely good power tool to have that has a lot of uses. I can also use it to do window wraps, interior window wraps. Yep. Uh, you can use it to uh, use on the little uh, shrink wrap stuff that you use for electronics when you're putting wires together. That way you can yeah. tell somebody your video game is complete in box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, also, subscribe to our Patreon at pitchdrop.cash uh, to listen to other anime podcasts and uh, the manga podcast that that yep. Matt was just talking about and our Final Fantasy XIV podcast, Icons and Icons. Uh, it's all really good stuff that we are yep. proud of and we would love it if you give us some money and listen to the real good shit. Yeah, and we still have an incentive tier where if you if we hit the uh the the goal that we have on there that I will still I'm still on the hook to write a um fanfic for Xenosaga. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that's still up. Uh we're we're not close to getting it, but we're I'm not taking we it have down. a new tier where I compliment you once a month. I think that's <laughs> fine. No one would buy that, Chris. 
Yeah, they're here for the bullying. I I think some people would buy that because they know it's reverse bullying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all it's going to be compliments of like damning by fate praise. Like you, no, it's you bullying me. Are okay, <laughs> yeah, it is bullying you. That's true. <laughs> you know what? Check out pet food bowls where you could have another pet food bowl glass bowl insert on top, so you can give your cat wet food without having to wash the bowl constantly. Oh, Check it out. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Is it dishwasher safe? Yeah. Cool. All right. Both, all right. Both parts are. Do the dry food in the bottom of the metal bowl. Whenever they want wet food, you put a little glass insert on top and give it in there, and they just take it out, put it in the dryer. Beautiful. Best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best. Mm-hmm. Save so much dishes. All right. I'll. Uh, we'll we'll be back. Goodbye. I can't believe I got to see you. <laughs> so unlikely. <laughs> <laughs>